Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Wheeler, Cycle, Line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness. It's a big Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. It's another on-the-road edition of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. No Jamie Thomas, who is now on holidays, and I feel like we need to bring it up all the time because when I, when I took my time away uh, during the player break, he brought up the, all the sun that I was getting while I was uh, away for the week. So Jamie Thomas on holidays, although much deserved. Hopefully he's enjoying that. Uh, Tyler Esquivel joining me. We're in his hotel room in Tampa Bay, Florida right now doing this podcast. A lovely view of some, I wouldn't call them high rises. But, you know, medium level rises for sure. Yeah. There's a Tampa (laughs) Bay lightning flag flapping in the wind. Yes. Today was uh, the Winnipeg Jets held uh, practice today, the day after a Big win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. This was your first experience inside Amelie Arena. Of course, the big thing is um, the atmosphere inside Amelie Arena is really good. There's a couple of things about their arena. One is the Tesla coils, which actually Ryan Dittrich, who used to work for us, now works for the Flames. He pointed those out to me for the first time. So I'm excited for you to see those tomorrow. But you, uh, the big thing that you noticed was the scoreboard, too. It's it's another big one, kind of like Pepsi Center in Colorado. Yeah, the scoreboard runs basically from blue line to blue line. And there's actually a couple of scoreboards in, in the league that, that sort of span the entire neutral yeah. zone. But there's no, uh, is, is, it the, is the word bevel? Like, it's it's all screen. Yeah. So there, there's no breakup. So I'm really uh, excited for the game on Tuesday mm-hmm. uh, just to see how they utilize that. But now we're just nerding out about our own <laughs> uh, work. So. It's, uh, it's been a good start to the month of March for the Winnipeg Jets uh, so far. Obviously, any time that they take on the Nashville Predators, it's always a big game for, for both teams. They tend to bring out the best in each other. And then they pick up a, a big 5-2 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets to open this uh, this difficult four-game road trip that they're on. Just kind of what stood out to the beginning of March here? Well, I think, uh, obviously, to the first game after the trade deadline, you, you drop it to Minnesota. It was a, it was a big night in the in the rink, nonetheless. Obviously, uh, inducting Lars-Erik Schoberg and Ab McDonald's numbers up into the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame. Um, the loss, disappointing, and especially coming off of the trade deadline where we just acquired Kevin Hayes, Nathan Beaulieu, and a list of other guys, uh, Matt Hendricks, Bogdan, Kieselevich, I believe that is. And, Correct. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody else. Par Lindholm. Par, par, par pair. We're not quite sure. Uh, Lindholm. Um, that's right. So, uh, and then, you know, they get back on track against the Nashville Predators. I think that was a perfect game to sort of acclimate the new guys into things and show them just what it is to be a Winnipeg Jet and to go against one of the rivals like that. Not to say that Minnesota is not a rival, but clearly there's some history, recent history uh, with the Nashville Predators. So a great win there. I thought that was one of their best efforts the entire season. And then transitioning into Sunday night's game in Columbus. Uh, from my perspective, I thought that was one of the, again, just a solid game from the team. Uh, they described that one as a bit of a grinder. Um, maybe not the prettiest, but they got it done. I thought it was interesting too. We haven't seen a ton of tip goals from this squad. Not a lot. No. And the two big ones from Blake, well, he had four, but you know, the two, <laughs> two of the bigger ones from Blake were tips. And I just, I don't think we've got necessarily gotten those breaks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in first place in the central, so I don't want to be saying we're not getting right. any breaks, but we just haven't scored a ton of goals like that. I didn't 
you know, haven't noticed. So uh, a good effort from the team and learning uh, learning to win games in, in different fashions will all help you when we get into April. Wheeler's second goal against Columbus was, was something else. Just the, the fact that not only was it a deflection, it went literally from, from our vantage point from the left post to just inside the right post as Wheeler was kind of coming across the slot. So that was one heck of a tip from the captain. Um, he's got five goals, eight points in three games. Uh, named the NHL's second star of the week. Much deserved uh, for him because the other thing too is, I mean, Matthias Ekholm scores with a minute to go in regulation to take away what would have been an eventual game winner for Blake Wheeler, but that was a huge goal he scored against the National Predators. Oh, for sure. And, you know, to evade a streaking P.K. Subban. Yeah, who's closing uh, who the gap. Was, right, yeah, you're right, closing the gap on him and to be a sniper. And he kind of joked that he's not really a sniper, but I am i don't I'm think I'm calling him a bit of a liar here because <laughs> he's sniped a couple of the last two games. Uh, yeah. His third against, uh, which was a nice pass from Patrick Lane yeah. against the Columbus Blue Jackets, was a snipe. So I think uh, Blake's got a bit of a poker face going. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Maurice really, shot. yeah, Paul Maurice really liking uh, how the Jets generated offense against the Columbus Blue Jackets. He said earlier in the season, in December-ish, they were having a lot of success finding those seam passes, the backdoor plays. But as the game reaches other levels throughout the regular season and into the playoffs, it's not too often that those teams are there. So getting pucks to the net, Sammy Niku's first of the year against Columbus uh, was just a wrist shot. Bunch of guys in front of the net. Sergei Bobrovsky didn't see it until it, I think, popped out of the net and came back out in front of him. That's just how much traffic was there. You get the couple of deflections. You get a strong play on the wall from Patrick Laine to set up uh, Blake Wheeler's uh, third of the game. And then just strong defensive play at the end of the game to be able to get the puck out, number one, and then number two, send in Wheeler by himself for his uh, fourth of the game. So first time Blake Wheeler's ever hit four goals in one game, So and his third career hat trick uh, coming in that one. Uh, but Tyler, this is uh, that's just game one of, uh, of a real tough road trip. Uh, they got the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've got... The Carolina Hurricanes coming up, who were like something ridiculous, like twenty-one and six or something since December thirtieth. Yeah. So they've got that. Then they got the Washington Capitals, who uh, at this point, anyways, lead the Metropolitan Division. So tough road trip uh, coming up here. Yeah, absolutely. You know the the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning should be a great one. It was a great game uh, back at Bell MTS Place when these two teams went head to head. And the message coming out of the room today at practice when when the guys were asked about the Tampa Bay Lightning was. You know they 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 knew that this is this is the test. This is it. I mean this this team is having a Golden State Warriors type season yeah. uh, in the NHL, which is basically unheard of. And and the one guy that uh, struck me was Nathan Beaulieu's comments. You know he, he used to play for Buffalo, and he's seen he said uh, Tampa three times this year. And you know not to make him sound cliche, but he he really noted that this is going to be a test and the start is going to be key. Um, And and I think it also plays off his other comments where, you know, coming into this locker room and seeing the leadership and just seeing the star power that the Winnipeg Jets possess will fit well into this. And I think he believes that this group is fully prepared to give Tampa a run for their money. And I think they know that as well. Two things off of that. Number one, uh, we were talking just before uh, the microphone started rolling here that uh, you were going to sniffle through this whole thing. You're doing very well, very well. You got a bit of a cold right now. Oh, and let's just say your performance, battling. your performance on this podcast so far is much better than any of the ones that I put forward while I was sick. So I am a leaky faucet. <laughs> there's, it's awful. There's a, there's a mental image for you all. Uh, the second thing, you mentioned Nathan Beaulieu. He was obviously one of the acquisitions at the trade deadline. 
what a wild day that was because normally, and, and I think back to when I started with the team back in November 2013, I'm pretty sure for every trade deadline, I've either been in my office or we've been on the road somewhere. So it's just been, you've been in one place. It wasn't so much this year. They played the Arizona Coyotes and then stayed over just because of the time zones, the length of the of the the flight back with the Jets wouldn't have got back till about four ish in the morning, uh, just because the delayed puck drop with the Shane Doan jersey retirement, which was really good, by the way. Um, so they stayed over, and then the Kevin Hayes deal happens in the morning before we all get on the bus to go to Very, the airport. That was huge for those that are looking perhaps an insight into what we do. Kevin Hayes getting signed that early or traded for that early in the morning was massive. Yes, exactly. Uh, we'll give you a little bit of a behind the scenes on what that what that's like from a digital standpoint. If you're if you're if you want to understand what that's like, but then yeah, you get on the plane and then you fly. Plane, of course, has has Wi-Fi as many planes do now, so you're kind of following following along there, and then it's straight to the office, and then it's press release, press release, press release. So that was that was interesting. But to your point, it was quite something to be able to, you know, you, you get the press release just a couple of minutes before it goes out. By this time, sometimes some of the insiders have already kind of got worked their sources a little bit. I believe the the New York Rangers had just put out, had just put out the announcement about the trade as well. So we were just kind of following up on that, but to be able to get that one out before we went on the plane and then we're doing the conference call before we get on the plane as on well, the we're on the bus on the way over. That was a, that was an interesting trade deadline to say the least. Yeah. Um, you know, just, to give everybody a sense of, you know, Mitch says, you know, we're, we have the Wi-Fi on the airplane. As many Jets fans know, all, 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 all of the deals, except for the Kevin Hayes deal, happened basically after that 3 p.m. Yeah. deadline. You know, we all hear about the queue and, and GMs and getting their calls into the league. There was this massive lineup. We're basically into Winnipeg. We're starting the descent and once you get below 10,000 feet, I believe it is, you lose the Wi-Fi. That's yeah. just how it works. Well, I think we had, you know, we thought, oh, geez, we're, we're done trades and all right. I guess it's going to be a quiet day. And then right before we lost Wi-Fi, my phone connected just barely and Sarah Leski had tweeted, the Jets aren't done. And then we lost the Wi-Fi. <laughs> it was so, so dramatic. We're up there not really wondering what's going on. And, and you know, because the, you know, the, a lot of the players, the coaches are on the on the plane with us. You know, your eyes get a little shifty and you're like, all right, so what's happening here? You know, I got the scoop. And of yeah. course we don't because, you know, we're not Well, and that's the thing because the management uh, the management team, because of the, the travel day being on Monday, it was a planned thing by the team. Uh, Kevin Chevaldayoff and his management team stuck around in Winnipeg yep. and made sure that they were uh, always available, which is a very, obviously a very smart thing to do on that day. Uh, so by the time that we landed and then got to the rink, it was it was quick because all of these deals had, had been finalized and, and all the behind the scenes stuff had been done. So I think it was press release at 410, 420, yep. 4:30, and then I think Kevin Chevaldeoff took the podium around 4:40 central time or 4:45, maybe closer to 5. Yeah, around there. But uh yeah, so it was uh quite the sequence, but it's been interesting to me to see how both Kevin Hayes, Nathan Bolyu, uh Perlin Holmes now played one game. Uh Bogdan Kisilevich is still hasn't seen game action as of this recording, but um looks to be i mean he's skating with the team 
Uh, he got over a little bit of an illness. Uh, so, I mean, all these guys are fitting in really well. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hendricks, too, of course. Yeah, Matt Hendricks. I love having that guy around. He was a blast <laughs> last season just to uh, to just watch him work and watch him interact with the guys. And, and you can tell there's there's an energy there that he, that he brings. And not that it was lacking, but I just think, you know, his – uh, youthful exuberance uh, <laughs> definitely injected something into this locker room. And, and to that point, Bruce Boudreau, uh, when we played the Wild, or the Jets played the Wild following uh, the trade deadline, said that was one of his favorite players, if not mm-hmm. his favorite player, to ever watch in the NHL and just watch him do his thing, whether it's on the ice or off the ice. So I'm um, definitely a valuable asset there. Definitely. And uh, before we go any further, we have, we do have a feature interview on this uh, on this episode of Ground Control. Uh, it's Jamie Thomas talking with Keith Kachuk, obviously a former Jet, former Jet captain, scored 50 goals uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. He was part of the big alumni night. What was kind of the, the thing that you'll remember most from that? Well, the, the interesting thing about the alumni for me is that it's very cool for us to be uh, – noting these these former players and these are these are guys i'm not aging myself because i'm i'm relatively young i I don't remember a lot of these these guys so i wasn't around to sort of appreciate what they did uh in the city uh so it's really cool for them to bring them up and tell the stories and just have have the guys back and i I think it's awesome that true north has decided to sort of tie the the past to the present and Mm. and build an alumni base and make guys proud to have worn that Winnipeg Jets sweater. And I think we're seeing that more and more. And Keith Kachuk is, is a perfect example. And, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy the interview with uh, him and Jamie. Well, without any further ado, here it is. Watch it. Scores! Damn. Oh, what a save by Connor Hellman. Rise. All Winnipeg Jets single-game tickets for the 2018-19 season are now on sale. Choose the matchup you want to see and pick your seats today by visiting winnipegjets.com slash tickets. This is Kyle Connor. You're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Jets. Pleased to welcome to uh, Ground Control a very special guest, uh, Keith Kachuk, a one-time captain of the Winnipeg Jets 1.0 edition. Uh, Keith, welcome to the show. And I guess first things first, let's start. From the beginning, in some ways, uh, you were part indirectly of that Dale Howarchuk trade. You were you, you were one of the draft picks involved in that deal that sent Howarchuk to the Sabers. Being drafted by the Jets, what was that day like for you? It was incredible. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I didn't know I was going to go, you know, in the first round. So when Winnipeg took me, um, I got a phone call from one of their head scouts and kind of blew me away a little bit. But uh, you know, I was so excited and getting an opportunity. To be able to play in the National Hockey League, this is where it started, and I'm very grateful for them, you know, thinking highly of me and taking, you know, stepping up and taking a chance on me. Now, both your sons have gone through the draft process. Uh, what is the biggest difference between when you were drafted and, and when your sons have been both well, drafted? Well, the, the coverage is crazy. <laughs> the coverage, you know, back when I was doing it, it came out with the hockey news with the pre-rankings, like, <laughs> you know, in, in, right in the 1st of June, and now it's... It's, you know, social media and all that and, you know, all the scouts and being able to get to see these kids constantly. I think it's really good, but there's a lot of pressure on these kids nowadays. But it's exciting that more goes more goes into it, you know, now than it did before with everything, you know, combine and interviews and just everything leading up to it. It's, it's so much better. Can you believe how many former players now have sons playing in the National Hockey League? It seems more than ever before. I think it's great, you know, um, you know, it just shows a lot of guys are putting a lot of work in with their kids, their kids' teams, giving kids an opportunity to play. And a lot of these kids have grown up in the dressing room where, you know, they see a lot of things. It might not 
pick up on it at, at that time. But when they get older, they realize what a privilege it was to be in that locker room. And, and they pick up the little things. They're not, they're not starstruck when they come into mm-hmm. a situation like that. How about yourself? When you first walk into the Winnipeg Jets dressing room, how starstruck were you when you got in there? Uh, you know what? I just Everything happened so fast. I went right from the Olympics to yeah. there. And, you know, you walk into a dressing room. You, you're so used to playing with guys, you know, your age, a year older, maybe two years older. But then you walk into a, a situation where you're playing with guys that are 35 years old when you're 20. You know, it's like, oh, wow. I mean, this is this is big time. And you get on the ice and you just you just go and – you don't realize that you're actually, you know, working for a living. You're still playing for the love of the game. And, you know, it's been it's been outstanding. I mean, it went by so quick. And that's what I tell my boys. Make sure you take advantage of it. Enjoy it because it will be over before you blink an eye. Do you think they're listening? Don't, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Never. No, no change. No change from when you were a kid, right? Um, first time you heard the nickname Walt. That was Eddie Olchek. Right when I walked in the dress room, he said, "Your new nickname's Walt," and I said, "Okay." And that's how it went on. It just <laughs> and it just stuck. So I mean, I guess they, the New York Rangers. Have you been thinking about it? I don't know. I mean, I just I couldn't believe it. I just what am I going to do? I'm. I think I was 19 at the time, and and uh, I just came in. I just happy to be there. I didn't want to rock the boat, and that's if that's what they wanted to call me, then so be it. What were your first initial thoughts of the city of Winnipeg when you got here? Well, I, I <laughs> it, it was. Strange, because I met the team in Edmonton, but didn't play. Then we flew to Vancouver, played a game there, and we flew charter back that night. So, you know, you get in at two in the morning, and it's it's freezing, and you you don't you just get told where to go, and that was it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so the first impressions was very late, and it was very very cold. So I was like, whoa, what's going on here? First game at Winnipeg Arena, then, and what was that like? It was unbelievable. Um, you know, I think it was the Edmonton Oilers, if I can remember correctly, and I think it was a maybe an afternoon game. Um, it was just awesome. It just <clears throat> the crowd, uh, the atmosphere in the old arena. Um, it was fun. It was a great experience for myself. And anytime you play your first home game, you know the fans are behind you. They're excited to see you play, and there's a lot riding on it. So you want to go out and try to perform as best you can. Your your first fifty goal season was ninety five ninety six. Uh, what is the biggest memory that stands out, or are there many memories that come out of that one? Well, it was just it was awesome. I mean, just to see your teammates happy for you, and and, and the place, you know, when this place gets going, that old arena. I mean, that place just rocked. It, it almost shook. So it kind of had that feeling, and uh, it was a pretty special feeling, um, you know, to be able to do that at home. I, there's so many big moments in NHL and uh, Winnipeg Jets history, and I, I know that stands out. Timo Solani uh, breaking the rookie record. There's so many big moments in the Winnipeg arena. What's the moment that stands out to you the most that, in that old barn? I, I, you know what? That Solani thing was pretty special, what he accomplished that year, and and you'll never ever see something like that from a rookie ever again. I mean, it was just he took the league by the storm and uh, created a lot of buzz, not only for himself, but for our team. And, and then to be able to the other one is probably the experience of sitting in the locker room, you playing your first playoff game, and and you can hear the people when they open up those doors, let everybody in for, you know, the pregame, the warm-ups, yeah. and, and being in the locker room, and, and, and that place was going crazy before you even started. So that was, you know, you get it gets things going pretty quickly, and you're just you're ready to go. You're ready to step on the ice and go for them. When you were first approached about this gathering Hall of Fame night with all the former captains of the Winnipeg Jets. What was your initial reaction to that? Well, you know, it's a, it's a huge honor. You'll, you'll never forget your first experience in the NHL, and Winnipeg was so good to me. And 
you know, um, obviously to be able to be part of this, you wanted to do it. And, um, you know, there's still this place. It's a special place for me and my family with my wife being here and my first opportunity to play. And, you know, I wanted to come back and celebrate with the, with some guys I didn't even play with and mm-hmm. some guys I have played with. So, uh, who are you looking forward to seeing the most, or who you haven't seen or have seen already? Oh, I mean, I've seen I've seen a, I've seen a couple of these guys over the years. Uh, I haven't seen Thomas Steen in a while, so it'd be good to see him. His son plays, Alex plays in um, St. Louis, who I got the chance to play with. So it'll be good to see him. <laughs> Is what's it like playing with the son of somebody? Yeah, that was a little strange. <laughs> it was so you know, I got to play with Thomas, then I got to play with Thomas's son. Mm-hmm. Now. Alex is playing against my two boys, so right. it's, it's it's a little it's weird how it works. Is, is, do you kind of smack yourself sometimes? It must be surreal seeing that type. Yeah, it is. It's crazy how fa- it just goes by so fast. And you know, I was very very lucky to be able to play in the National Hockey League for a long time. And and uh, you know, I'll cherish every moment. The people that I've met over the, over the course of those years and the places I've played. And and you know, the NHL gives you a chance to to, to do a lot of special things. Got any behind-the-scenes stories of a teammate that was really funny or a story that you kind of like, oh, to, like to share or that you can share, I yeah, guess, Yeah, they, they were all pretty funny over the years, not just in Winnipeg, and you know, but there was everywhere I played. There was always a couple guys that most of those stories you can't really say on the air. Uh, who's, who was a very funny teammate when you were in Winnipeg that, you, that maybe kind of catch somebody off? Bobby Asenzo oh. was pretty good. He I, was pretty sharp. He had that dry personality okay. and – you know, he, he just – he would come out with some doozies. He was a very intelligent guy too. So he always put a lot of thought in whenever he did so. And, and Russ Romanek was another guy that I played with that was pretty funny. You, you grow up playing – wanted to play in the NHL. You get into the NHL, and I, I, should, I was crazy for me not to ask you this, but that moment that you got the C, how special was that? I, I mean, you, I'm sure you were a C growing up in, in minor hockey. And, and you know what? I don't even know if I ever had because we never really did that back then at that age. Uh, but, you know, you know, it just – it was an unbelievable feeling to be able to be a 21-year-old captain. At the time, I probably wasn't ready because it was such a big jump. Uh, but, you know, it was, an, it was a pretty incredible feeling to be able to wear – a C, just to play in the National Hockey, then to have a C on your jersey and represent the team, and um, it was it was it was it was a neat experience. Um, I learned a lot from it as the years went on, and you know I'm glad that I had that opportunity to do it here and in Phoenix. You have two sons that play in the NHL. You have a daughter as well. What, tell us a little bit about her. She's she's yeah. Be, she's she a real. Like she's she's a, she's a real athlete. She's the. She has a sense of humor in our family. Uh, she's pretty witty, and uh, no, she's she's done really well. Uh, she's a sophomore in high school. She plays field hockey uh, and soccer, and she loves field hockey. So she's done well. She's two years at high school and won two state championships, and you know, so she's uh, it's fun. I love watching her. She's got a little bit of both of the boys in her. You know, she's got the finesse of of Matthew, but she's also got you know the the physical side like Brady, and uh, you know the you know, the the witty part from Matthew, too. So she's got a combination of both those guys. I imagine having two older brothers makes you, makes her pretty tough. It did. She was always playing outside, whether it's roller hockey or basketball, whatever they play, they always brought her out there, and she would be, it'd be like her and Brady versus, or her and Matthew versus Brady, or her and, Bra- her and uh, uh, Brady versus Matthew. So they just, I don't know, they had a lot of fun. It toughened her up. It taught her a lot. It really did. And they didn't take any shortcuts on her, and I think that's helped her. What do you like about the game now as opposed to when you played? These guys are incredible. I mean, they're so fast. Uh, they're so skilled. The skill level is mm-hmm. so much different than when, you know, I, you know, especially back in the, 
you know, the 90s and, the, you know, the early 90s and even going to the 2000s. These kids do stuff with the puck that I couldn't do in my prime and a lot of guys couldn't do in the prime. So that's where the game is going right now. Um, they're intelligent. They make good plays. They can skate. Um, the skating and the skill is probably the biggest thing. Who do you think played when during your day that could play today? Whew. Phil Housley. Okay. Uh, without a doubt can play. He had that skill level that a lot of guys didn't have back then. Gretzky play and do oh, as well? Uh, yeah, Gretzky would still be the man. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, there's so many guys. Mario Lemieux, absolutely. Um, Could you imagine him now without with the rules that are in today? Yeah. He'd be difficult to contain with his size and strength and stick. And, I mean, he just he thinks the game's so much better than everybody else. Anybody that you come across now that played during your day that you look at and go, you can still play. You look good. Oh, man. Teppo Newman. I saw him. <laughs> I saw him in Finland. Back. You're right. Yeah. yeah. He's, he still looks like he's 25 years old with the hair and the slick back hair. And <laughs> so he's a good guy, man. Real good guy. Well, what are you looking forward to tonight? There's got to be a lot of emotions going through you as you about to, just going through the whole yeah, process. Yeah, I mean, it'll be good to be back in the building. You know, I'm sure there's, you know, a lot of people that grew up in the era watching a lot of these guys that are going to be on the ice that'll appreciate that and and that's what it's all about is to you know support the team that took a chance on you Mm -hmm. and then last one for you just uh, one quick thought on the fans here in Winnipeg Uh, they they lost their team they get the team back Uh, what did that mean to you to hear that Winnipeg got the the team back? it was awesome I think they deserve it these people are passionate they love their hockey up here it was unfortunate what happened Uh, but it was nice that you know there was people that stepped up and and had the opportunity to bring it back and, and do it right again. And I think it's a great opportunity for the fans to, you know, and not only that, they're a really, really solid team moving forward. Welcome back to Winnipeg. Congratulations on a great NHL career, and congratulations on the success of your, of your children as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com. All right, so that was Keith Kachuk. Thanks to uh, him for all of his time uh, sitting down with Jamie. I mean, for those alumni guys, they, they don't get to see each other very often, I'd imagine, all in one group. So uh, for him to take some time to sit down. And actually, I just thought about this. Um, we were talking about how how much we learn from the, from the alumni when they're talking uh, about each other or just about – various points in, in hockey history. It's really cool that uh, for part of this, so for Lars Eric Schuberger, obviously a, a guy whose career I didn't really know a whole lot about, it's cool getting getting the chance to talk to some of the Jets alumni about him because it just seems like everything that they say, you know, puck-moving defenseman, he's a guy that could skate, he could make the first pass. With all the changes that have happened in the game, it seemed like Schuberger's game was perfectly matched for it. Yeah, it's it's that, it's that's a really good observation. Yeah, I think you know just to to jump off that a little bit as well. Uh, you and I had the 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 privilege um, to sit down with a lot of the European mm-hmm. uh, alumni when we were over in Finland, and it was uh, a long afternoon of shooting, and I think we cycled through about seven or eight yeah. guys, and and with no disrespect, like hey, I had no idea who half of them were, but. You know, we, we talked to them, we asked them some questions, and, you know, just through what they were able to tell us, it, it sounded like uh, Schuberg and McDonald were were amazing players in their own right. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool just to hear about the game back in those days and what they were able to accomplish. So yeah. 
Um, definitely cool for, for us younger generation to sort of get that uh, look into the past. All the more important, uh, you mentioned just before the Kachuk interview, that uh, True North Sports and Entertainment, the Winnipeg Jets, they're finding, uh, they're really building that bridge uh, between the two generations. And it's it's important for guys like us, to people of our generation, to recognize uh, you know the, the really great players that, that came before. So mm-hmm. uh, next up on the docket, we have the all-important Jets Rewards code word, which this time is winger. Winger is your winger. winger is the Jets Rewards code word. So head to jetsrewards.ca, get your points uh, using the code word winger. Um, there's no cool or smooth way to segue between winger and injuries on the blue line, <laughs> but we're going to do that. <laughs> but um, there it is. Yeah, obviously a number of injuries on the Jets blue line uh, as we continue on this road trip. However, Dustin Bufflin and Joe Morrow are on this road trip. Um Given the fact that they, it seems like they've been out for months, but uh, really it's only been a, a couple of weeks to to a few weeks. But you complicate that with uh, the long term injury to Josh Morrissey, who at first report uh, won't be back until April. But this Jets blue line has managed to managed managed to hold it together, especially in the last couple of games. I mean, Jacob Truba played nearly twenty eight minutes against the Blue Jackets. Sammy Niku has just seemed to get stronger and stronger and more confident. And that pairing with Ben Sherrod's looked really good. Just kind of what's, what jumps out to you about the Jets' blue line? Well, I think it's weather. It's just weathering this storm so far. I mean, your main horse, Dustin Bufflin, um, offensively, just he's, he's your most. He's a he's an X factor within the league. There's no other player like him within the league. So to be missing him and still having success, I think says a lot about uh, the trust that Paul Maurice has in his blue line and and just what the blue line is able to execute on. Uh, Paul Maurice has said day after day in pretty much every media availability that's had, that he's had how much he's not only like Nathan Beaulieu coming into the lineup, but also the uh, pairing of Ben Sherratt and Sammy Niku. That one has it, – it's a different one. And Ben kind of talked about how he – you know, was sort of he was that young guy who was sort of taken under different uh, players' wings, and now he's the veteran that's sort of leading yeah. Sammy Niku. And you know, the less you notice about defense pairings, the better. So right. uh, I think there's a lot to like. And you know, what what are your thoughts on Nathan Beaulieu since he stepped in the lineup? Oh, he's been he's been great. I mean, it was and Paul kind of talked about it today. Like you, you know, you you get Nathan Beaulieu in the lineup, you're you're out Josh Morrissey. You're out Dustin Bufflin. You're out Joe Morrow. And so he's looking at the pairings that he can go with. And he kind of had liked what he had seen from Niku Sherat. Kulikov and Myers had played together before. So that was a pairing that he was pretty sure he was going to put back together. And then he said Jake wanted to play with Bullyu. Like Jacob Truba wanted to have Bullyu as his partner. So, and I mean, it's not like Bullyu isn't a veteran at this point. He definitely is. But Maurice kind of said it, you know, it's cool to see a guy like Jacob True has been around as well, kind of say, you know what, I want I want to play with the new guy. Kind of reminds me of different ages, of course, but reminds me of when Josh Morrissey came into the league. It was it was Dustin Bufflin that wanted to play with Josh. He kind of played with him in training camp and was, yep. said, I want I want that guy as my partner. Speaking of wanting that guy as as a partner, I mean, talk about uh, the kind of lift that the bench got after. Dmitry Kulikov. I was just. I was thinking for, these. I was going to ask standing you. up for for Mark Shifley after the hit uh, from from Nick Foligno, and I mean, everybody after the game against Columbus talked about it. And you know, whatever side of the the fight debate you're on, yeah, just the 
the standing up for a teammate and just kind of it, it really seemed Palmer said the bench was just wired after that they were they were just there was this unifying I guess moment you could say that happened there. absolutely I, I like you said whatever side of the fight debate that you are on I still think that you know taking what happened on Sunday night in Columbus uh, there's no denying that it plays a role in the game today and it's not as prevalent you pick your spots but clearly uh, Nick Felino's hit on uh, Mark Shifley was not one that the Winnipeg Jets were happy with and Dmitry Kulikov went after him yeah. and and that's you know and and it's fine he he paid the price he got his 17 minutes and penalties and you know yeah. uh but it was almost like the guys sort of came off the ice after and were like yeah we stepped up and filled yeah. that hole yeah good i'm glad you know yeah. so it just it sort of united them and i i'm really glad Dimitri did that and uh kudos to him uh, the best part of, i said to mitch right after the fight was th- that's got to be some sort of internet meme when kulikov's totally jerseyed you can't see his head and still fists are still away. swinging so <laughs> if there's nothing more hockey than that i don't know what yeah it is. the other part was of course uh the winnipeg jets did allow one power play goal against the columbus blue jackets it was in the first period it was one just kind of goes off charade and felino's right there but they managed to kill off the the two minutes uh instigator penalty and then weathered the storm like we've said uh for the other Proudly. 15 minutes yeah that uh they were without Dmitry Kulikov so big win in Columbus big win against the National Predators a lot uh, a lot of work still to do but uh, as Andrew Cobb said at practice on Monday it's about uh, you really want to start to find your your level of consistency at this point of the of the season so that when uh, when the regular season schedule starts to wind down, you're playing uh, your best hockey. Tyler, well done today. <laughs> <laughs> we are professional. Um, well done today, uh, battling through with uh, with the with the illness. I'm on the mend, and uh, we hope Jamie Thomas is having a very nice holiday and uh, enjoying some family time. And Daniel Moss, as always, will put this uh, beautiful podcast together in uh, his shining, talented fashion. I'm sure. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.